Welcome back to episode 48 of the Hockey House podcast presented by Sally Hockey Co., where we cover all the latest news in non-NCAA college hockey here in the United States. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Stephen Glick, Colin Fitzgerald, and our executive producer, David Herman. Glick and Fitz, it feels like forever since we've had you guys on for at least an intro and outro portion. I know we've been knocking out some of these interviews and you guys have been able to be on for those, but it's been a long time. How are you boys doing? Yeah, it's been going good. You know, just finished up finals. That's why I've been so busy. We're just excited to spend break with the family and obviously now I'll have more, a little more time to talk hockey with the boys. How about you, Fitz? How have you been? Just been riding the wave, boys. We got a teddy bear toss game coming up this Saturday. It's been a lot of fun just playing hockey for a living, so just riding the wave and enjoying it while I can. I say, you've been out and about in the community wearing all the Black Bears stuff, and I've seen pictures of you, you know, walking around town in the jersey. I mean, you are you are living the life. Got to meet the mayor uh, a week or two ago, so that was, that was pretty cool. Big man on campus these days. Did you tell them that you're coming for their job? <laughs> it's like those uh, in the NHL video game when you do be a pro and you like your guy scores like a hat trick and the, the fans are holding like Fitzgerald for mayor in the stands. <laughs> teddy bear toss. I mean, that's going to be sick. Probably going to be the biggest teddy bear toss game that you've played in. I don't, have you ever played one? Got to play in one. Just my first one was this last weekend against Columbus and they absolutely beat the brakes off us. So hopefully we, we can do that to Watertown this Saturday. Well, Herm, let's let's cut over to you. I mean, you had a big game that you shot over the weekend. Uh, you were at the Army-Navy game on Friday night and I get Looked like it was going to be a, a huge blowout to start, but it turned out to be an actual game. Yeah, no, Army started clawing back towards the end of the game, but Navy got out to a fast start. It was a really, really surreal environment. I photographed hockey at a mall before once in Palisades, but the rink at the American Dream Mall is completely, completely different. Like It looks like it belongs in NHL where it's the lower level of seating where you can be, but then also it's built out so that a level above and a level above that can kind of look down on the action. It's a really, really cool setup. Tim Shahan was really, really cool in welcoming me in on the Navy side of things. I had an inkling going in that Navy was kind of going to come out on top on that one, so I started photographing for them a little bit more. He was super great at making sure I had access and knew where to go. Navy hockey coaches for letting me on the benches, but it, it was really, really cool to see not just the discipline from both teams and then the emotion that both teams displayed before, during, and after the game. It was truly, truly special. Yeah, I mean, I I imagine that both sides... I mean, whatever sport those two are playing against each other, both sides really get up for it. And like, it's not like Navy. I don't, I'm sure Navy doesn't look at at Army and goes, "Oh, they're a D2 ACHA team." Like, this is a, a cakewalk. Like, I mean, maybe they felt that in the first period when they were up like what four nothing really quickly. Yeah, it was like four goals on six shots. Yeah, I mean, but it ended up being. I mean, Army made it a game. But I, like I said, I mean, that must be so cool. And, and like the setting for it too, like the pictures from the anthem of, of both teams on the blue line. And, and the American flag imagery in the background. It was it was really cool. I, I hope they continue to do that every year because it gets a lot of people psyched up when those two teams play each other. Rounding out finals here at, at CUSE. I had my last one today. Just been a, a really weird semester and like getting back to normal. Like, I don't know how you felt about it, but it was like, it felt like last year, like everything was on Zoom. Everything was different. And now this semester it was like everything is 
back to normal, but not really. During the COVID year, I, I this podcast is an example of it, but like you pick up more things to do to keep yourself busy. And then with everything coming back, like I've still found myself doing those things that I was keeping busy with. So I, I feel like this semester as a whole was overwhelming. I don't know if you, you saw the same thing, Glick. Yeah, I definitely felt that. I feel just like we're kind of slowly transitioning back to how it was before COVID. And it's still, we're all just trying to re- almost kind of relearn how to do college and stuff. So you know, hopefully next semester will be a little bit more smoother for all the hockey players out there. Yeah, but definitely exciting times to, to go back to the family. And I'm looking forward to being home for a little bit here. Unfortunately, the college hockey community suffered three tragic losses this past week. The first one being Tom Savino, a former player at Rutgers who passed away after a long and hard-fought battle with cancer. The Rutgers Division II team on Instagram said, Tom was a champion on and off the ice, but most importantly, he was an incredible son, brother, teammate, and friend. Tom is an inspiration to all and has left an everlasting impact on the Rutgers community. Our thoughts go out to the Rutgers hockey community and Tom's family. And then tragic tornadoes hitting across the Midwest, and unfortunately, former Bearcat, McKendry Bearcat, Austin McEwen tragically passed away from those tornadoes that swept across the Midwest. And McKendry's D1 head coach, Gary Henson, said that Austin was a fantastic young man and teammate. His smile was contagious and days were always better because of him. Austin will be sorely missed by his Bearcat family. And then again on Saturday, December 11th, the ACHA community was faced with yet again another tragedy, this coming to a current player, Cal U, Pennsylvania, assistant captain Branson King, unexpectedly passed away. And we were fortunate enough earlier today, I sat down and talked with Coach Jason Greenway, and he joined the show to speak on behalf of Branson's memory. And I mean, just to hear about the kind of person that Branson was, it's 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 unfortunate the circumstances that we were given and wishing nothing but the best for his family. And we'll cut to that interview now with Coach Jason Greenway. Once again, Coach Greenway, thank you for joining us here this week. I know it's been a really hard week for for you and the guys at, at Cal U. Kind of just walk us through, uh, you know, what the past couple of days have been like and, and the outreach of support you guys have had. This whole week has just been, um, you know, it, it's been the, the toughest time I've ever had to go through as a coach and, and to see your guys hurting and to see them lose someone that they love. You know, our, our biggest focus and challenge is just trying to, to get to help the guys through such a tough time. Hockey has obviously taken a huge uh, back seat. You know, we're, we're just trying to be together as much as we can, support one another. And, you know, the hockey community, the hockey family is is huge. And, and we've had so much uh, outreach from so many people, people you don't even know, uh, opponents that you've had hard fought games against that, you know, that admired Branson and how he competed. And it's been a challenging time for obviously for, for our whole our program and, and our uh, entire uh, university. And, and for people who didn't know Branson, what, what kind of person was he in the locker and what did he mean to the program? You know, I said before to anybody that asked me, he's, he's the heart and soul of, of our team. You know, he, he's a guy that would sacrifice anything to win. He gave you everything he had from the from the time he got to the rink to, to the time he left. And a true teammate, I think, in, in every sense of the word. It, and, a, and a hockey player, as you know. And and uh, as, as people know, there's the guys that are just hockey players. And he was born to be a hockey player. He, he just loved being around. It and he was all about the boys. I mean, he had fun in the room. He had fun on the ice and he competed for his teammates more than, uh, you know, he, he gave you everything he had to compete for his teammates. And that was just one of the many things we loved about him. You know, I think it, it went beyond just in the room and, and, and at the rink. He was the kind of guy that included everyone from every coach, every equipment manager, all of our staff. He, he just made everybody feel welcome uh, from the guy that played a ton of minutes like he did to the guy that maybe hadn't dressed all year, but he made everyone feel like they were a huge 
huge part of the program and feel welcome and and loved and part of what we're what we're doing here at Cal U uh, Hockey Club. Yeah, I mean, I, I, from what I've heard, it sounds like he was a great guy. It sounds like not only guys like being in a locker room with him, but guys love to play alongside him. Kind of talk about going forward, what the goal is here. I know there's been talk about a scholarship to set up and some funds in his honor. We're trying to build, you know, off of, you know, talking with his parents, obviously, and, and doing everything as, as far as their wishes are concerned. And uh, Branson being such a giving person from people, you know, everybody that seems to have the same thing. He has a huge heart and he was giving. And uh, we want to have his legacy live on for a long time and and that's why that um you know, his family chose to do a scholarship and that's, we, we felt like, you know, we're just helping do anything we can to have, have his memory live on forever, you know, and continue to, to give back to his school and his university, just like he did for us every single day. All right. Well, coach, we appreciate you taking the time to, to join us this week. I know you guys are going through such a unfortunate circumstances right now. And as a coach, it's all about preparing your guys for everything. And this is just something you can't prepare for. So hats off to you guys and everyone in the hockey community for, for coming together for this one. We send our condolences well thank you very much we're losing um an amazing young man and a person that you'll never be able to replace but uh we're going to do our best to come together as a family and do what we can to honor them every time we uh we get together from now on out once again thank you to coach greenway for joining the show at the time that we spoke they had not yet released the scholarship in branson's name but we just wanted to let everyone know that a scholarship has been formed it is on the cal u website under the naked gift tab you can choose to make a donation of any amount under the designations tab you can choose the branson michael king memorial scholarship fund i know coach greenway was adamant that he was such a giving person and that it's no wonder his family chose a scholarship to honor him i know you guys are feeling it too the whole hockey community is feeling it. I know this week, just seeing all the pictures getting put out of, of these three guys and more specifically Branson to see what kind of teammate he was. And I know we went through this in the spring w- with, with the guys at Niagara, but I just feel for those teammates, especially this time of year, you've played a full semester and, and you're getting ready to go home. And then to be my heart squad to those guys and, and the families involved. And I guess if there's any bright side to all this is when, when things like this happen, we we are once again reminded that the hockey community is such a tight knit community. And I know myself, I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of that. And, and that's what the hockey house is all about bringing guys across the ACHA together. And luckily we have this platform where, where we can honor these young men who, who tragically lost their lives. And like I said, coach, coach Greenway said they're, they're looking forward to scheduling some sort of memorial game for Branson down the road. And we wish the, the boys nothing but the best of luck the rest of the way. And, and we'll keep you guys updated as far as if there's any, anything else regarding the scholarship or, or or anything like that but this past weekend not too much ACHA news uh, a couple of bright spots I know we, we mentioned this and kind of going out of order here but Fitz you talk about playing your teddy bear toss uh, you Mary hosted their teddy bear toss last Wednesday they defeated Williston State 7-2 to two. they the Marauders actually wore special teddy bear toss jerseys I know Herm was a big fan of those and uh, Zach Garrett's first period tally sent the Bears on the ice so always good to see the teddy bear tosses I think the jerseys is a great touch you Mary is known for for, for having the the wild uniform combos. I'm actually surprised they didn't go with like a teddy bear shell. That seemed to be right up their alley. I know I know the boys at Umary always always love to make jokes about uh, how their coach loves just bizarre shells because, you know, they got the navy, they've got the orange, and they got the white. But I thought the teddy bear toss jerseys looked great, Herm. Yeah, they were a good look. It looked like in the true theme of a minor league hockey approach where it was like campy but not too over the top. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I also think it like fit with the color scheme. Like it looked like a good uniform. Like they made the orange blend in with well. the teddy bears. Yeah, no, it, it looked good. Yeah, and then they weren't the only team to break out special one-off jerseys this week. I think. I mean, if we held the jersey bracket tournament tomorrow, I think this would, this jersey would probably make it to the final four. But the UNLV Air Force jerseys were sick, and they wore those on the second half of their weekend sweep against Arizona State. I believe that is now twelve in a row for UNLV. Herm's nodding his head. It's 12 in a row for UNLV. Nick Flanders and the boys are hot heading into the, the holiday break here. That wasn't the only notable sweep in ACHA Division One this weekend. UCO took care of in-state rival Oklahoma. It gave us probably one of the top photos of the year. I know we've been kind of collecting some of the best ones we get for Herm's photo recaps, but the double middle finger from the, the crowd at, at Oklahoma was just great to the boys at UCO. This was one where I had a lot of fun editing it because Betsy Temkin, the photographer for UCO, submits me stuff almost every single week. And she does she does great work. And that's why you see UCO in there so consistently. The wide variety of emotions and wide variety of middle fingers from the crowd ranging from you start on the left and you've got this pissed off ginger kid looking like he's ready to llama spit at the UCO guys to going all the way to the right side of the image and just seeing this horrified look from the blonde. It's like poetry in motion. It is incredible stuff. No, yeah, it's a great photo. If you haven't seen it already, be sure to check out our Instagram page and it's in the latest photo recap that we've done. Speaking of good photos, I got a really good kick out of this one and wanted to make sure we, we brought it up. But Arcadia University is in a new NCAA D3 team. They play in the UCHC. New team this year. Love to see D3 hockey expanding. I know we talk about ACHA and kind of this rivalry or whatever you want to call it with Division Three hockey. And I know I hate on all these schools from D3 that I've never heard of before and like why would you ever go to that school not saying that right now but they took their team picture it's their first season they share a rink with Villanova the team picture they took it in front of the Arcadia banner the only problem is the Arcadia banner is located above the Villanova banner so the team photo just has like giant Villanova logos in front of it and I just think it's funny like all these D3 guys they go D3 and they avoid the ACHA but you can't you can run from the ACHA but you can't hide from it because the ACHA will always find you and I think this is just like a perfect representation of that my favorite part is the fact that the Villanova banner is much bigger than Arcadia's banner. The Arcadia banner is really tiny, kind of sits above this massive Villanova hockey banner. I find it absolutely hilarious. And so I think that probably comes from Villanova having a team longer. Like they probably put the banner there first. Arcadia was like, oh, we're playing in this rink. We need a banner too. Uh, I think it, it all is well for the Arcadia boys though, because based on their Instagram, it appears that they have their logo at center ice, which Villanova does not have. So they do have that, but I just, I, I got to kick it. Well, to share this on social media i think at some point because it, it, it's hilarious speaking of the the acha and the league as a whole got some inside scoop from our sponsor at selly hockey co and it sounds like a lot of teams are jumping on the bandwagon and taking advantage of these uh selly hockey team hat orders like i said we did ours at cuse i've been wearing mine around campus everyone's asking like how do i get a hat how do i get a hat you get a hat you do a team order through selly hockey co just head over to their website sellyhockeyco.com or send them a DM on social media. They're usually really good at responding about that on Instagram. But these hats are very comfortable, good throwback feel. You can wear them to the rink. You can wear them in the offseason. You can wear them at the tailgates, wear them to the football games, wherever you want to do. These hats are versatile. And, and I highly recommend them. Not only that, if you can't get a, get a team order together, they also just dropped a line of Minnehaha Waves hats, which are gorgeous. I'm thinking about getting the uh 
the maroon one with the light br- light blue brim reminds me of, of the one that Gordon Bombay would wear in the movies. Be sure to get these. I keep saying it, but like these are the best Christmas gifts. Probably a little too late if you're, if you're ordering your gifts now. Perfect for the hockey player in your life. These are the perfect hats to wear to the rink. So be sure to check them out at sellyhockeyco.com. Got a great interview coming up this week. This was kind of when we threw around some ideas on Instagram, like, hey, you know, what can we do at the hockey house? It's year one. What would you like to see? And I forget who sent the DM, but it was like, well, you should get two guys on teams that are rivals and have them come on the podcast together. We just didn't really find the right guys for it. We're looking around and, and nothing really stood out to us. And then we posted a video on social media from Millersville. Millersville scores a goal and they're playing in Lancaster. And the, the Millersville backup goalie is like doing the Civ chant to the poor Rutgers goalie who's in net. And we posted this video. Sure enough, a, a all out brawl breaks out in the comment section. We sent a, a DM to these two guys because we felt like they were contributing to the the conversation in the comments. So we got we found the Rutgers goalie Stephen Jibalisco from Rutgers. He's hopping on this week, and he's joined by Garrett Baldacci, another goalie from Millersville. Um, and these boys were great. It was awesome to get kind of two different perspectives on the rivalry together on the podcast uh, with each other. And we hear about, you know, their different paths to, to playing in the crease in the ACHA. So that interview is coming up next. We're pleased to be joined by two ACHA Division II goaltenders from Millersville University, Garrett Baldacci, and from Rutgers University, Stephen Jibalisco. Boys, welcome to the Hockey House. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thank you. I'd say that was probably the biggest mouthful I've had to do on an introduction. So, boys, welcome to the show. Happy to have you guys on. We're a little interesting today. I think a while back we we asked people, hey, what's something the Hockey House should do? Like, what's, what's something that we're not doing right now that you'd like to see? And somebody said you know you should get two rivals on let's get guys who who aren't teammates on and and have them hash it out on here and i know you guys are all part of the goalie community so you're all buddies but it'll be an interesting perspective here we got a Rutgers guy and a millersville guy and i know you guys compete on opposite ends of the crease but we're we're happy to have some opponents on here for the first time and uh garrett i'll turn it over to you first how are things going at millersville this year Honestly, things are going f***ing unreal. I mean, the boys, uh, we haven't lost since the second week of the uh, opening season on a bit of an eight-game tear right now. Honestly, I can't remember the last time we popped in like less than seven or eight goals a game. So we're just kind of in that nice little state of flow right now. We're just coming to the rinks easy, going, playing games is easy, and everybody's just having a great time. And then Gibbs, how have you been doing? Uh, I've been doing well. The team looks great. Uh, Unfortunately, we've had a lot of injuries to start off our year, six or seven guys have been out for two or three games already but other than that we've been doing really well just unfortunate that we got a lot of injuries uh one of them including myself for a couple games so it was tough yeah i mean two sides to it i, I guess we had some injuries here at Q's too and, and you'd rather have those injuries happen before christmas than after christmas right when the games start to mean a little bit more so it's a little optimism for the scarlet knights yeah definitely garrett we'll throw it over to you first and you can kind of just walk us through kind of your your hockey career growing up your minor hockey career and what led you to end up going to millersville i actually got started a lot later than most kids i didn't uh, get into ice hockey till i was uh 15 actually i played uh like street and roll a lot with my friends growing up uh the town i'm from in north jersey actually has like a recreational roller hockey and street hockey league so i just played in that and then i was just kind of looking for more out of hockey more out of you know what i could do so i was like all right i figure i'll give ice a try and i mean it just kind of stuck so i just went out and i played house league for the first like year of my career before i 
tried out for midget team. I was a big uh, single A, 18 single A all-star, I like to think. I played high school varsity for three or four years. And then actually I wound up taking a year off, which is a really nice way of saying I got cut from junior B. I got an email from the team saying, hey, we have like nobody coming to tryouts. Do you want to uh, move out to Lancaster and come to tryouts? And I was like, sure, I got nothing else going on. So I went out and I played uh, my junior hockey for the Central Penn Panthers out here in Lancaster where I'm at right now. It was two really interesting years. I mean, like uh, like our the GM said uh, when he emailed me, he was like, yeah, you know, we don't have a lot of guys and we had less than 20 men on the roster both years that we played. So it was, uh, it was a rough two years uh, as far as wins and success goes. But I mean, the nice thing about that being in net is like, you know, I saw a lot of shots over the two years and I just developed an unreal rate. Actually, the way I got brought into the ACHA was really funny. So Matt Isle, who was a longtime captain and president of the Millersville team, used to line my junior games. I was uh, backing up one day. I was just uh, warming up and comes over to me. He's like, hey, man, what are you doing after you age out? And I was like... I don't know, man. I'm not really thinking about it right now. You know, kind of just trying to get ready for a game here. He's like, you should come to Millersville. We could really use a goalie coming in the next couple of years. And at the time, I was like kind of a kind of a dickhead. I was like, ah, club hockey ain't shit. You know, I feel like everybody who plays juniors or shit like that kind of goes through that phase. They're like, oh, I want more than club hockey. You know, I go to my age out year and I realize that NCAA D3 teams, you know, aren't really knocking down the doors for junior B goalies with 850 save percentages and five plus GAAs. And so I went to a couple of recruit skates for Millersville and I was like, holy shit, I was so, so wrong about this. Like, this is a great group of guys. It's a real family atmosphere. And the thing that really drew me to them is that they really made me feel home. Like the second I walked in there, just felt like a new home and uh they just seemed to really want me and uh honestly it's probably the best decision i've ever made i'm able to play at a competitive level of hockey with a bunch of great guys that i've been able to call my best friends for the last four years so that's awesome i mean the the, the hockey world works in strange ways and and everyone ends up finding a, a home and that's i think guys like me and and, and glick and, and fitz isn't here but herm too that's why we love the acha it seems like everybody finds their place it doesn't matter how you got there everyone welcomes you in with open arms and turn over to, to Jibs here. How did you end up at Rutgers and kind of walk us through your, your youth hockey career up through college? Uh, I'm like uh, Garrett. I started playing at the age of three or four with my neighbors who are street hockey. They were about eight or nine, always having their friends over. And the only way they would let me play hockey with them was to be the goalie. So I would put on pads as a four-year-old and let these eight and nine-year-old kids just shoot pucks at me all day. My family hated hockey, but I, I loved it. So the, they let me play. I played travel hockey. I actually never played juniors. I played as a practice squad goalie for the Wildcats out of Jersey Shore Arena. And then they folded before I was even of age to even play. I went to Rutgers solely based on like education purposes, but I wanted to play hockey at the same time. And when I got showed around the school, two hockey players showed me around and they took me to the hockey house and the whole ACHA nine yards. And I was like, wow, this is where I want to be. I was going to say, you're, you're a Jersey kid. It's not really that hard to, to figure out why you ended up at Rutgers, right? No, I mean, everyone hates Rutgers when you uh, first look at at it once they showed me around i was like oh this is this is cool like i want to go here they took you to the right spots the hockey house exactly yeah all right garrett now now we turn things back over to you what was your welcome to the acha moment Oh, man. I mean, there's been so many that I could pull up. And I think the uh, probably the best one was uh, a senior. My uh, after my first start playing Millersville, I get the I get the nod in the uh, the season opener, which is a home game against Delaware of all people. 
sitting in the locker room, you know, it's a tough game. You know, I think we lost like eight to three or eight to four or something like that. And it's just quiet for a sec. And I, one of the seniors is like, well, win or lose, we still booze. And I was just like, oh, I was like, I always grew up taking it so seriously. I was like, this would have just ruined my whole day. And you guys are just like, yeah, well, you know what happens, but uh, we're going to go have our fun tonight. So and I was like, all right, cool. Went and partied with the guys, and I guess that's probably the the main one that sticks out to me. And then, Stephen, can you walk us through here? When you were at Rutgers and you first got there, was how did tryouts work at Rutgers with having a D1 team and a D2 team? So for tryouts, you really got to pick like what team you wanted to go for. If you didn't really make the D1 or didn't like the group, you could go down and then go to tryout on D2. They were actually, I think... 15 minutes apart on the first day of tryouts in the same arena, but two different rinks. So you just got off the ice and walked to the other one. I never tried out for D1. I was shown around by two D2 guys and I really enjoyed their presence. And it was, you know, at this point, it's just, you know, I'm here to have fun and I'm here to play hockey. So I was like, uh, I'll join the D2 team. And so once you got in net there, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? My freshman year, we had um, four freshman goalies. So it was like, there was nobody older than us and it was just a battle for who wanted to play. And there was, three guys that were like good enough to play and he just gave us all a period in one of like the non-conference opening games you just had to win your net and i asked for the third period because i was confident in myself to hold it down for the third and i stopped 20 of 20 and from there on the net was kind of mine wow that's that's pretty cool i mean what's the goalie tandem like like what what's the conversation like at practice with there's no veteran goalies and you guys are all kind of the same age I feel like now it's a little different because, like, we're all older. And after my freshman year, I was just kind of in net doing my job. But with the whole COVID year, we lost a lot of guys and we needed some leaders to step up. So I feel like I've stepped up to be one of those leaders. Definitely earned my right to play. That ties us back into, into why we have both of you on here at the same time. We posted a – I believe it, it stems back to we did Battle of the Barns. And, Garrett, correct me if I'm wrong, Lancaster Ice Arena, right? And I mean, a Cinderella story in the Battle of the Barns. Everyone's got these really nice rinks and packed barns. And and we threw Millersville in the bracket because we knew it was a tough place to play. And we got a lot of backlash. People were saying, like, how can you put this in the bracket? Like, how is this in Battle of the Barns? We were like, it is the definition of a barn. I mean, this place is rocking every night. We posted a video of Millersville scoring on Steven and the backup goalies, like, doing the Civ chant at Steven. And my favorite part of the video is the shrug that Steven gives. He's like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on, Steven? Walk us through the, the video. Definitely not my best goal I've ever given up. Embarrassed to say that's on social media now. Thank God I don't have Instagram anymore. Yeah, I mean, he was chirping me the entire game, and especially during the second period when I was down there. And I'm, I love Garrett and all, but, like, his backup goalie was being a complete ass. And I kept telling him, like, talk to me when you see the ice. Like, do you want to go? Like, do you want to? Like, I'll fight you, but you're not even playing. You're not worth my time. Uh, I kept telling him that, and that's what the whole shoulder shrug was. I definitely said some of the, something like that to him. But, you know, at the end of the day, I remember winning that game on uh, a shorthanded goal in overtime. So I think I got the last laugh there to him. Garrett, feel free to chime in. My longtime partner, Matt Schroeder, give him a, I'll give him a little shout-out. That's just – that's who he is when he's backing up. It's like he's just going to – He's going to chirp yeah. He's going to run his mouth. That's just the kind of guy he is. But nicest guy off the ice. He just really embraces the, hey, during these 60 minutes, you're my number one f***ing enemy. But off the ice, he's honestly one of my best friends and probably one of the coolest guys. And, uh, yeah, actually going back to what you were saying when you guys got backlash on the uh, Battle of the Barns, I mean, I'll go out on a limb and say that anybody who's trying to give us for that probably has never played at Millersville on a Friday night and seen how packed that place gets. I mean... 
I think our home opener this year, we had about 300 kids, our homecoming games bring in, you know, 300. And that was one of the big things I forgot to mention when I was talking about the early journey to Millersville is I went to their season opener, you know, the year before I was thinking about going there. And I was just like, this is freaking packed. And I mean, it's not, it's like a 20 minute drive from campus. And I was like, they have this many kids out here at eight o'clock on a Friday night. Like, this is unreal. But we did concede that game in overtime on a shorthanded two on O, I had two on one or something like that. And I'll give Gibby some credit. He made a, made a pretty big save right before that. And you know how it works. Big save at one end leads to usually leads to a chance at the other end and they won that one. So tip my cap to that. Gibbs, I, I want to get your opinion on it because I know playing in, in Division Two, there's such a wide variety of teams because some teams are like Millersville where it's their top team and, and others are it's like Rutgers where you're playing their second team and, and you play in a, a bunch of different environments. Uh, what? How do, the, how do the rest of the ranks compare to playing at Millersville? I definitely got to say I love playing at Millersville as much as, you know, it is a tough place to play. I like that challenge, and I like to be there in front of that crowd. We played in front of them on their senior night, and that was a crazy atmosphere. You know, some of the other teams they play are, are a lot. I would say Millersville is definitely one of the tougher ones, but um, like playing teams like Mammoth and those guys, like I mean, they're not as good, so they don't bring as much of um, an atmosphere there. But it is cool to play teams like Princeton, even though they aren't good, and like UPenn, which are good because they have cool rinks and they play in those full wrap stadiums as well as Seton Hall. Millersville is definitely the hardest place to play in our conference. Seems like a, a ruckus style crowd here. And in another part of the video, I, I think worth mentioning, I know you guys are, are both men of, of good goaltending style. Is uh, I think the backup wearing the towel around the neck is, is really good style here. Glick, I don't know if you want to chime in here. I think, I mean, textbook backup goalie towel. Yeah, um, that's not a move I personally do. I know my goalie partner, Joey Galitsky, that's what he do. I think I might have to steal that move for all the games that I back up the rest of the year. I don't know. No, I definitely love it. And I love the fact that he was chirping. Like, I respect it off the ice, like Garrett said. You know, you're all friends at the end of the day. And that guy wants to go get a beer at any time at the bars of me. I'm always down. And, you know, I love that. But like you said, you know, your enemies on the ice. I do love the style. The, t- the towel reminds me of the Miracle Team in the movie. You remember the, the backup? Or, I don't think it was the backup. Had the towel Craig Janicek. His, yeah, he had the towel around his neck the entire time. So it brings me memories back to that. I definitely love the style. I guess we, we'll, we'll get into it, too, because poor Gibbs, his Instagram is gone now, so all the comments are gone. But I know you guys are going back and forth about pad style. So, Gibbs, I'll turn it over to you first. At what point in your Rutgers career did you decide, hey, I'm going all out, I'm getting the paint job and the matching setup? I went and had to get new pads anyway, and I did it early over the summer because I already knew I was going to Rutgers. And I was like, oh, let's see if I can get a good pair, wait, get a red, black, and white one. And they're like, yeah, well, it costs all the same to get your pads just customized. It just takes longer. And I was like, I have plenty of time until I go to college. I might as well just get them customized. I already know what I want. So I got the pads custom. It just cost the same as what I would have bought. So it wasn't like anything too crazy. The helmet. I'm, I'm a big guy of style. I did my helmet in high school. I kind of copied the Corey Crawford look for high school because it was the Warriors. So it was kind of the Indian feathers. I love like that's the one spot you have to personalize yourself, really show who you are. So I did not end up playing goalie ever, but I had two older brothers. So I was a street hockey goalie growing up. I had a, a like a I think it was an iTech helmet and it was like a Calgary Flames street hockey helmet. I used to rock at home, but I've always appreciated good goalie setup because like you said, there's no other position in sports where you really get this amount of creativity. And I know Glick's got his family guy mask, which I've, ne- I've never seen anyone else pull off. But Garrett, kind of talk about what, what goes into your setup. 
I, I regret to inform you guys I don't have that setup uh, that I had that year. It was honestly probably one of my favorite setups. It wasn't uh, my custom either. It actually belonged to uh, Reed Cooper, who uh, played at RMU uh, D1 there. And it was his, uh, his set from uh, Junior A up in Canada. Like I got him on like sideline swap. I was like, I like, didn't necessarily need new gear when I saw it, but I was just on sideline swap for fun. And I was like, 900 bucks? I was like, oh. I was like, I texted my goalie coach. He's like, should I do this? And I was like, he's like, yeah, you got to. Those were already, had already been used like two seasons, and I used them for that season. And then the last off season, you know, they were kind of beat the shit at that point. So I, I regret to say I've gone to all white at this point, just in uh, in favor of the almighty dollar. Actually, the last custom painted mask I had was in juniors. And if anybody wants to do a dive on my Instagram to find it, it's not pretty. I think I sent it out to my buddy. He goes to Michigan Tech, and he's like, he does airbrushing in his spare time so i sent him like a loose idea of what i wanted ah there you go yeah click these guys and ugly thing i think we were playing the valley junior warriors once and the guy was just like what is that a f-ing street hockey mask and i just didn't have anything to say back to him i was just like yeah he got me there i got off the ice text my buddy i was like what the f- did you do to me it's definitely a uh, an interesting style choice but i'm not gonna lie your yellow and like your custom ccm pads they look legit like you got them just for your team the colors match perfectly like if you didn't tell me you got them on silent swap i would have just thought they're completely custom so that's pretty cool yeah i was uh i was pricing up a new set of ccms over the summer and i was just like ah, dude i really want to foot like the 30 the 32 hundred dollar bill for this and in hindsight i should have nice stock all white set gets the job done right now so maybe next year maybe for uh maybe for the fifth year i'll just go all out and say fuck it and get a full set well you have the benefit though because you guys have that new black set at millersville so you got fresh jerseys too so it's hard to look bad with a fresh jersey setup and the all white yeah, and there's talks of uh, talks of bringing in an alternate next year as well. Still working on the design. It's something I play with in my spare time because I actually I designed our jerseys for the last two years. Might have to spring for the custom set if we decide to get the alternates. The other thing is, uh, and we went through this with one of our goalies at QC. Uh, same position as you, Garrett. Like he was like, oh man, like another new goalie set. Like he had been wearing his set for a like a while and then heading into his senior year he was like you know what like this is the pair of pads i'm gonna wear for the rest of my men's league career so i might as well go all out for senior year and have a good setup and he he rocks the all orange pads i i love the the jerseys in the background it's like a little millersville hockey history lesson behind you oh yeah it's got all my freshman year jerseys i have uh our nice autism awareness jersey over there i got my military jersey somewhere but i'm too ashamed to hang that up because my freshman year i was scratched both games when we wore them so i didn't even get a chance to wear my military jersey oh <laughs> uh, that's, that's brutal all right well steven we'll, we'll throw things back to you for a bit here now kind of walk us through uh, ruckers d2 hockey and you know what what league you guys are playing in who are some of your bigger rivals and, and what are the games you guys get up for so we're in the colonial states college hockey conference as well as millersville really we get up for almost every game there's definitely a couple teams at the bottom that i'm sure garrett knows as well that are just kind of like you know you're there it's whatever things like tcnj when they've won the league for the past four years in a row like you just want to get up and win that game you pen you know they're always a good team they always got a couple really good players out there and uh teams like seen all this year that are just on a tear uh you really want to get up and play them and uh beat them but nothing beats the the ruckers millersville rivalry those are the, those are the biggest games i remember my freshman year playing our first game at home they kept telling me like like, this is the biggest game you're going to play this season, like the regular season. That was um, an awesome time, and it has one of my favorite memories when we were on a five-on-three uh, penalty kill. Our forward at the top 
blocked the shot, and he was, like, diving when he blocked it. So he slid into the corner, and he couldn't get up because he hurt his ankle really bad. So they had a five-on-two in our zone for, like, I would say a good 45 seconds. It was one of my fa- like favorite saves I've ever made. Uh, I absolutely robbed one of their kids with my glove on a five-on-two, basically. That kind of was the whole uh, seal of the deal for us there. That was your welcome to the rivalry moment? Yeah, that was definitely the, the welcome to the rivalry moment that uh, I loved, and that was... That was got to be like one of my biggest saves I've ever made. Steven, I'll let you go first, but and then Garrett can chime in. What are these Millersville Rutgers games like now? Are they physical? Is there a lot of chirping? Is it both? Are they high scoring? What what do they look like from a viewer's perspective? It all depends, I think, really on the game. Some of them are high scoring and some of them are low scoring, but they're, they're definitely physical and there's definitely a lot of chirps. I mean, as you can see from the Instagram, no one really holds back on the chirping. Everyone lets loose. Nobody likes anybody when it comes to hockey. I mean, off the ice, you guys could do it like how you want, but I don't, I really think that me, Garrett, and like Chris Hen, I would say, are like really close and like really good buddies. But otherwise, I think everybody hates each other. I don't think anyone likes anyone. Yeah, I knew that comment section was going to get ugly the second I saw that posted. I was like, I'm going to put this, put my phone down for an hour and come back to this. And I saw the comment section. I was just like, you know what? I hope everybody had fun. <laughs> but. Yeah, those games are those games are great. Like Steven said, you never know how they're going to be. I mean, I played one game against Rutgers my freshman year, which was our first round game in the playoffs, actually. And that was I think I wound up being like 6-5. We lost in overtime. The two games I started last year against, or two years ago, I should say, against Rutgers were, I think it was like 5-3 and 4-3 or something like that. And they were just, they're just battles from the beginning to the end. And like Steven said, I mean, obviously, the, it's, it's kind of funny because like nobody told me like even going into the first game against Rutgers my freshman year that this is a big rivalry. So I guess it's kind of the opposite because I always think about like the other in-state schools we play like Westchester, Penn, and Scranton. They're like, these are the big games. And then it really turned out to be a big rivalry starting my freshman year. And yeah, it's just, it's it's nuts. It's like, it's just a sick environment to be in, whether you're at Rutgers or you're at Lancaster Ice Rank. And it's just, it's a cool, it's cool to have those games and those teams that you just want to go to absolute war with for 60 minutes. And like Steven said too, anytime we get to go in and play TCNJ is great, especially piss pumping them like we did this year. But uh, I'm not keeping. No one's keeping track of that, eh? Well, I mean, if we want to talk about piss pumping teams, what are you, both of your thoughts on TCNJ going Division One? You know, I was given a warning not to say anything stupid before this podcast, so I'll just say that uh, I, I'm really not sure what I should say on that. I mean, I'll just say you know, good luck to them, and I hope that they uh, hope they bring in the guys to uh, succeed at that level. But good luck. Hey, I was not given any warning about holding back, so I won't. But um. Because we have we have the D one team here, and oh my god, I I mean, I we rip apart our D one team for like not being that competitive. But I, I mean, I can't I can't imagine what's gonna happen to ECNJ when they go D one. Oh god. We actually were talking about that this year at Millersville because we got off to this start, and our, we actually brought in a new coach, and he's been uh, he was actually our goalie coach the last two years, and he was like, you know, this team's going in the direction that we want to be D one one day. You know, we have a D two and a D three team now. We want to move up to a D1 and D2 kind of thing. He said, you know, in the end of the day, it's got to be the player's decision. And with our team being a majority freshman right now, we kind of made the decision, like, let's let this class of freshmen that came in, you know, get older. Let's maybe wait till they're juniors before we try to make that jump. Give them a couple years to play together, develop and get even better and ramp up the recruiting like we have been the last couple of years. So that'll be after my time here. But, you know, I just kind of, I want to see what they do in the future and how they, uh, how they continue to succeed. 
Oh, no, I, I guess I want to go back. It, it, you talked about that comment section, Garrett, and it was crazy. We post, so that, like I said, it was submitted for Battle of the Barns. Unfortunately, because Millersville got knocked out early, we didn't get to post it. So we, like, put it in the vault, and then, you know, slow content day. What are we going to post today? It's like, oh, we got this video from Millersville we still haven't posted. Let's just throw that on the feed. And then we posted it, and it was, like, just throwing gasoline on the fire and walking away because, sure enough, my phone's blowing up because I have notifications turned on for comments herm is sending me screenshots of the comments and be like are you seeing this and and it was just wild it, it, it turned into an all-out brawl yeah you know you got like alumni you got current players going at it and on the battle of the barns thing i mean i'm not kind of i'm not really that mad that we lost first round because if i remember correct we probably would have had to go up to go up against liberty in the uh the round after that so can't really complain about that it was either a first round exit or an absolute piss pumping at the hands of liberty no i remember when that was posted and i was cracking up i was like just like garrett i was like i'm gonna sit back a little bit and like let the comments unfold before I say anything. I don't know. I was like, my teammates were getting ripped apart. I, they were getting ripped apart. So I was like, I got to hop in. And I just commented at somebody. I think it was an alumni. I was like, I remember winning this game in overtime on a shorthanded goal. And then he asked who the fuck I was. And I was like, I'm just the goalie that beat you both times. Not a big deal. I was like, who the, who the hell are you to shirt me? And then Garrett and Chris Hen are over here like, oh, like this is hilarious. Like, hope you guys had fun. And I don't know. We're just making friends in the comments while everyone else goes at it. And I think I said exactly what you said. I was like, put some gasoline on the fire and just watch it burn. And then Garrett made a comment about like getting some s'mores for the her and some popcorn for the rest of the fights. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. A, a visual representation of this is like uh, I think it was the late '80s in the in the playoffs when the Flyers and Canadians got into a brawl in warmups and there was no refs there to break it up. So the brawl just broke out and there it was just madness because there's no one there to break up the fight. Like that's what happened in the comment section. There was nobody there to break it up. It was every man for himself and the, like. Like, like you guys said, like eventually the goalies just pair off and talk to each other for the rest of the time while everyone's duking it out. Yeah, I've never really been one to get into that, get into social media beef like that. I'm always just like, oh, I don't really want to get involved in this. It's just, but I was like, I'll watch it. I'll gladly watch it and have a laugh, but there's no way in hell I'm going to get involved in it. Yeah, even our coach like said something on there and it was just like, <laughs> talking some shit and i was like you, you graduated you're a coach now you can't be doing this that's what we love to see the coaches getting involved on the hockey house comment section but yeah i mean like you said sometimes i mean we have posts every now and again where it's just like people are just going nuts in the comment section for no reason at least this was funny because it was like it was actually relevant like sometimes we post videos and like months later somebody will be like club hockey is such a joke and then another brawl breaks out in the comment section so at least this one was kind of relevant and it, and it had guys going up against each other who had at least seen each other on the ice and, and knew what they were talking about but um yeah i guess we'll, we'll turn back over to you garrett i guess here's your, your time to, to shine on on millersville what are some of your favorite memories from your, your time at millersville so far it's just filled with memories i mean on a personal note i remember getting my my first win against navy uh i got an assist i got like one goal against it and they kind of they kind of peppered me too i don't know if you guys have ever played any of the navy teams but across all levels they just they just go and they go and they go and not always a lot of skill on the teams but they're just they work so hard they just they want to beat the absolute shit out of you and it was just a hard fought win 
I remember my uh, my first shutout against Westchester later in that semester, or later in that season, I should say. Haven't gotten a shutout since. Maybe one of these days I'll get another one. I mean, my favorite memory was beating TCNJ my sophomore year because it was a bit of a rebuild year for us. Nobody was really expecting us to do much. In fact, we actually started the season 0-9. I actually have a funny story about that. Maybe we can get to it later. We actually got absolutely piss-pumped by TCNJ. I think it was 11-1 two weeks before that. And they came in. We got back late from a road trip against Monmouth. Got back at like 2 in the morning. We had a quick turnaround, like a 5 or 5 p.m. game the next day against them. And they come in, and we go up, you know, 2 or 3 nothing in the first period. I'm like, all right, cool. Don't don't let off the gas. And, you know, we let off the gas a little bit. They came back. We went to a shootout. And it was actually our first Greek night, too. So we had all the frats there, all the sororities. So it was essentially like another homecoming game for us. You know, we wound up taking it in a shootout. And actually, uh, Chris King, he uh, has since graduated, went between his legs. I have a great video of it to uh, put away the winner. Yeah, and the absolute audacity of him to do that in that moment because he did it to me in practice all the time. And he I, he comes down and says, like, what should I do? I was like, do that thing you do in practice as a joke. I'm skating back to my net. I'm like, he's not going to do it i see him cut in and i was like no he's not and he just puts the puck between his legs and roofs it on the kid and i was just like you've got to be kidding me and i was like oh shit we won and i was just like i should probably get down to the ice and i'd say my other big thing is we went on a three-game road trip that same year to play louisville and kentucky and playing against kentucky at kentucky is terrifying to say the least i mean i walk out there's like 500 kids there clearly just come from the basketball game they got no idea what's going on shouting the names of my family members at me, shit like that. I made a fan page for one of our players saying we love 23 and just going on all his socials and finding pictures of, pictures of him. I think I still follow it actually. I should go look for that. But even though we lost to him, uh, it was it was just a great experience and it was just hands down probably my favorite memory because it's it kind of just reminded me of juniors. You know, you're going on a three day road trip with the guys. At least here in Millersville, you know, we go out for road trips when we come right back. I mean, rarely do we ever stay in hotels. So you're not always around the guys for that extended period of time. And it was just a great bonding experience for the entire team. That's awesome. I remember uh, Brett, when we had him on, he mentioned that, that trip to Kentucky and how, how much fun it was to go play in that environment. Gibbs, turn it over to you. I mean, what, what are some your favorite memories playing for Rutgers? Definitely have a bunch. Obviously, the one before of the Millersville game, that like five on two. I just never had a sequence like that in my life. That was just cool, I would think. I mean, I guess it's cool because I didn't get scored on, but it was cool to like have something like that. I, unlike Garrett, I actually didn't get my first shutout until this year of on opening game. I had a 40 save shutout against Scranton. Unfortunately, we always put this one kid on the ice every time I have a, a shutout going. He knows who he is. He's actually kind of in the room behind me. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to give any bad rep. I had two shutouts going last my freshman year, and he uh, turned the puck over and got we got scored on in, in like the final couple minutes, and he like apologized for it, but it, it was funny, and we laugh at it now. He's cracking up behind me. I can't keep it together, but you know, it's all funny games. Uh, I think some of my other favorite memories definitely had to be beating Westchester in overtime my freshman year, like the first round. It was 27 seconds in. I mean, my nerves were crazy. They didn't even get a chance to like really kick in because we scored so early into overtime, and I was so relieved. Yeah, I mean, I love playing in overtime too, especially now three on three. I played in three overtime games, and I've won them all. Unfortunately, when we go to a shootout, I can't win in a shootout, and I'm 0-3 in shootout, so... <laughs> 
those are definitely my least favorite memories if we're going on that topic now. Well, I was going to say, you bring up least favorite memories. Garrett had mentioned going 0-9 to start off a season, so I guess now he's back on the spot. I got a great story about that. It just, I just, I completely forgot about it until they posted the rankings uh, for D2 a couple days ago because we jumped up six spots. We're 13th in the Southeast right now. And I was like, why does that it like rung a weird bell? And I remembered we started off 2019-2020 with a really tough opening schedule. I mean, it was like Delaware, St. Joe's. We had Penn in a non-league game, uh, Navy, PSU, Burks, schools like that, that, you know, it was just a tough start to the season. We go 0-9. The rankings came out like way earlier. It's like middle of October. I go to look at them. I was like for shits and giggles. And I scroll down to the bottom of the Southeast rankings and they're ranked at 13th as Millersville with that nice 0-9 record. And underneath there was a little asterisk that said teams displayed or teams in good standing with the ACHA. And I remember I texted our president. I was like, are you aware that we're ranked right now with an 0-9 record? And he's like, are we actually? I sent him a screenshot. He's like, I was on the social. I was like, do I post this? And within seconds, he texted me back. He's like, for the love of God, do not post that we're ranked 13th with an 0-9 record. We will never live it down. Oh my God. That's, it's just, it was freaking hilarious. I was just like, what in the club hockey is this shit that we're ranked with an 0-9 record? I was like, are this there, are there this many teams that are in like bad standing in our region right now that they're not allowed to be ranked? And of course the next ranking came out. We were just like nowhere near it. I was like, all right, that's, that's, that's much more like it. We've joked for a long time about how everyone thinks they understand the computer rankings. And then at the same time, nobody understands the computer rankings, but to be 0 and 9 and ranked 13th in the region because you're in good standing with the league is, is hilarious. Oh, it was, it was great. I was like, I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, why not? I mean, at least now I can kind of say we deserve to be ranked where we are, even though we're missing like four or five games in the website right now. Yeah, it's just one of those funny things. I think I look when I'm going to look back at my Millersville career, it's going to be one of those funny things that sticks out to me. Jibs, at any point in your career at Rutgers, have there been times where you guys have had problems with the rankings? Uh, I mean, not that I really know of. I wasn't really up to date with all the rankings like my freshman year. I was more concerned about just, you know, winning games, going into the playoffs, hopefully, and honestly more concerned at my starting job, you know, coming in there with four freshman goalies, three of them which are capable of starting. You know, the rankings were the last thing on my mind overall i was just kind of concerned about getting into the playoffs and making a name for ourselves from there we'll see now i sound conceited yeah. well no i i mean i, I look <laughs> I look back on my freshman year too, and I didn't really understand how the rankings work. And as a freshman, there's just like so many new things around you. And like you're in college, you're playing college hockey. There's so many other things in your mind that, than the rankings. I Now as an older guy on the team, and I, I see that stuff, you know, as soon as they're posted. So it's an interesting perspective. Like I said, it was one of the least things I was worried about. I was more concerned about going out there and playing hockey and, you know, having fun to start. Well, before we start to wrap things up, if either of you want any stories else, any other stories you guys want to mention while, while we have you? Another way we like to end it too. If you want to give a shout out to any teammates too, any any beauties in the locker room, we want to we want to hear about them. I mean, I guess I have one story before I give my shout outs. It'll kind of go into my shout outs. Uh, this year, I, I was out for two games uh, with a concussion. I want to give a shout out to my the other three guys in the room behind me: uh, Tim Enzano, <laughs> Sean Murphy. And Rob Perocco uh, for giving up the two on all when the guy absolutely trucked me. I, I love those guys, and uh, they're absolutely hilarious. And it was an unfortunate bounce that led to a 2 on 0 I also dove out at the kid and got crushed. So it was kind of on me, too. Did you keep the puck out of the net? Yeah, the puck didn't go in, but it was already 3 nothing then with two minutes left. It was kind of unnecessary. Oh, that's, that's a bummer. I was more concerned with the stats at that point. <laughs> 
I'll give uh, Brett Vaccarello and uh, Alex Edelberg a shout out. The uh, current residents of the uh, the Millersville Hockey House who let me sleep on that couch every Saturday night. <laughs> love that. Love love a, a good hockey house couch sleep. Oh yeah. We thank you boys for coming on. Uh, this was awesome, and no better guys to come on in the first edition of Hockey House Rivals and and get two two guys giving perspectives on their program and the rivalry that's brewing. I think a lot of people didn't realize, kind of like Garrett mentioned, a lot of as as a player he didn't even realize how big of a rivalry this was. But it, it's really cool, kind of discovering the the rivalries around the ACHA like we have between Rutgers and Millersville in Division Two. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. Uh, I'm. I had a great time. I know Garrett definitely did. I know Garrett's a great guy. I can't wait to hopefully see him on the ice this year if uh, COVID lets that happen. But uh, it's always a fun time playing him in Millersville. Thank you guys so much for having us on. Uh, been looking forward to this for weeks. Once again, thank you to Garrett and Steven for joining the show. Love doing that. We're going to have to do that again. If you, if you have any more rivalries that you think are worth bringing up on the podcast or if two guys who can't stand each other, you think we should get them on, please let us know. But that interview was presented by Selly Hockey Co. Not a lot of games this week, but I think the game of the week would be the game of the week if there were more games. I, I think you guys understand where I'm going with this one. But this week's game of the week, we have Bowling Green taking on Toledo outdoors at 5th third field in Toledo. This one's going to be a really good one. I know Bowling Green came out with jerseys for this one and they are gorgeous. They also got help from their Division 1 NCAA equipment staff and hooked them up with some brown helmets for the event. So they are going to be all decked out for this, but I think this is like every ACHA player's dream is to play outdoors. It, it goes probably like playing outdoors, going like maybe going to nationals, playing outdoors, scoring Teddy Bear Toss goal. That that's like a rough estimate of what the top 3 would look like. I don't know, Fitz, if you have anything to add there. Now you're just making me want- to score the teddy bear toss goal this saturday be playing super selfish not even past anyone if you score the teddy bear toss goal this weekend you have to take off the helmet and like throw your hair back as a celebration i will absolutely do that imagine the picture of like you throwing your hair back with the teddy bears right now you also know that like that place is going to be bumped out in binghamton for the teddy bear toss which which is going to be great happy to see hockey back in binghamton i think we'll get more people than the, the opening night but We'll see. Only an, uh, another game worth noting, but UPenn is playing Bryn Athen. Two D2 teams with winning records. We were talking earlier, Glick, you mentioned that Bryn Athen plays in a rink that's got a roof but no walls, right? Yeah, so it's like a half outdoor rink. So there's only a roof and there's no walls. And the locker rooms are, you know, you kind of have to like walk like a decent amount on these rubber mats. But what I think is interesting is the game starts at seven o'clock. Out here, Bernathan's pretty close to where I live. The sun sets at around like 545. So it's going to be pitch black, probably absolutely freezing. I played at that rink when it's sunny and it's still cold. So I cannot imagine how cold and terrible the conditions are going to be for this game. We talked about it earlier too, saying how it's, it's good for hot hockey that they're adding more NCAA D3 teams with Arcadia. Bryn Athen is the reverse of that. They kind of got not Robert Morris, but they were like, yeah, we're getting rid of varsity hockey. Uh, we're moving back down to the ACHA because for a while there, they dominated ACHA D2 and then they moved them up to NCAA Division 3 due to COVID and budget costs and stuff out of the players' hands, but they moved it back down to the club level and they're competing now in Division 2 this year. So hope their season is going well. But as we mentioned before, we're heading into that that holiday break. Everyone's wrapping up the semester. Hope everyone's finals went really well. But I think a unique part about the ACHA is this break that that happens here. And it's something that, you know, maybe the, the team 
teams in the NCAA level usually get maybe, if they're lucky, five days off for Christmas break. And here in the ACHA, we take a much bigger break this time of year. So I was just curious. We'll start with Glick. What are some things that you look forward to during this break as you transition between semesters? Um, I know this is cliche, but just seeing my family, you know, seeing all my friends back home, you know, you're kind of away from that for a couple of months to so just get to see them, you know, see all the people who are back in my hometown again. It's also really fun to see all my friends who did decide to go play Division Three hockey and they're like my age and they're just finishing off freshman year. They're trying to f- still trying to figure out how college works. So I can just brag that I'm graduating in a year. There you go. And Fitz, when you were playing, what were some things you look forward to about going home for the break? I know you guys are all thinking it, so I'll be the one to say it. Santa Claus, he's coming on Christmas Day. You got to be excited for Santa, that the big man's coming. My biggest thing was pond hockey. Just with my brothers, we'd hope that it'd get cold enough. And usually on like, was it New Year's Day? They have the Winter Classic usually. And we'd, we'd watch that, then go play pond after that. It was nothing better than that. Well, Herm, we'll throw it over to you next. And, and you, you can either talk about what it was like when you're in college, or you can talk about the craziness that's going on in, in your household right now with, uh, with your brother. We're not even going to get into that. That is not even, (laughs) we're not even going into that. What I'm really looking forward to is my first Christmas. I come from a Jewish family, but my soon, hopefully soon to be stepmom is not Jewish. So we've got a, a Christmas tree in our living room for the first time ever. I'm really looking to experience that for the first time. Like I went through Hanukkah and I had that all through childhood. And now I got both. So I got the best of both worlds. It's, it's the best. It's the best. Well, I'm glad you're getting Christmas this year because I felt like you got shortchanged with the whole Hanukkah right after Thanksgiving. Like that was, that was too soon. I mean, it was way, way too soon. I blinked and Hanukkah was here and gone. I was like, oh shit that happened i'm looking forward to christmas like i I, it moved on the calendar i was like okay next not as fun anymore the thing that i'm looking forward to the most i think everyone can can understand this one but is going back to your hometown and playing in the men's league for like four games you you boost the stats for whatever team you're playing for so in my case i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna play probably i'm gonna try to play on my dad's men's league team the average age on their team is like way older than the rest of the teams just because they can't stand playing with anyone else they'd rather just play with their buddies and so what happens is like all the murphy brothers come home and they play on this team hopefully we go like four and oh in this stretch and then and then boost their stats murph do you have like a full line of brothers at this point that can come in and like take over is this like the line that everyone fears like this men's league sees christmas they're not they're not occupied with santa coming to town they're like the murphys are coming back this is this is brutal so yes we when when my two older brothers are back and me and my younger brother the riley are on the ice and my dad is on the ice like that has happened we have had a murphy starting five before in a men's league game they're not exactly afraid of us i mean we're all pretty nice guys what they are afraid of though is um when i go to the rink and i'll play in like the early game and then the next game the team won't have enough guys so i'll play in that game too last christmas break there was one men's league team i think i played against every week and they just hated playing against me because i would play on the team that only had six guys so i being the youngest guy would just like stay out there the whole game and they just hate that so i guess that that goes into my message of when you're home for your men when you're home for christmas break like don't be a jerk in your men's league especially if you're decked out in your team gear like that's a bad look for the acha got to make sure a rep in the brand pop properly but if you do like live in a in a high populated area and you are playing against like d3 guys in your christmas break men's league games like go full tilt like represent the brand show them show them how it's done 
Uh, but if you're like me and you're going to play in your dad's men's league, like maybe tone it back a little bit and just be a nice guy. So that's my two cents on, on the holiday break. Before we wrap things up, we'll, we'll go to the blow of the week. Uh, this was Glick's department this week. So Glick, why don't you take us away? A couple surprises for me here, or at least one surprise in the blow of the week. Actually, there's two separate games that get the title this week. So we'll start off going out to the West Coast University of New Mexico. D3 played University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and University of New Mexico thrashed Colorado Springs 13-1. And not to be outdone, UMass Amherst D2 defeated Keene State D2 15-3. Both these games with a 12-point differential. Neither of them just couldn't get the extra gold to go above the other team, so they both get to hold the title. Yeah, I mean, New Mexico's been rolling this year, but I mean, that key, I mean, we were on the Keene State bandwagon for a little bit there, and, and to see that score is, is surprising. Hockey house curse. You don't even realize it, Murph. Remember how I said Keene State was a hockey school last episode? Oh, geez. Well, uh, credit to Tony Larkin, freshman on the Syracuse team here. Bitten Chicklets has the bump. The Hockey House pod has the Hockey House dump. So I guess that this week's Hockey House dump goes to Keene State. Give me a Christmas miracle of a prediction of ours actually coming true. Holy. I mean, in, in terms of Christmas miracles, I hope that if, when, whatever, we go down to cover nationals, I just hope that like it happens. I hope people like, well, yeah, I hope it happens, but I hope people like want to be nice to us because like we could go down there and like, what if we start covering one team and then they lose right away? They're going to hate us. Then we're going to have to hop on another team's bandwagon. Like like you said, everyone go home, enjoy the holiday break. We will have plenty of ACHA coverage to keep you going through the holidays here. And we're looking forward to the new year. So everyone stay safe and safe travels home this weekend. Merry Christmas, boys. Happy holidays.